believe better. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, believe better. Um, and so, like I said, today's a faith interlude from the series that I've been doing. Today is a, well, not really the series, this is a part of the series, but today is a faith interlude um, when it comes to the fact that we've been talking about hope and we still got some hope to talk about. But God, you know, when I have been praying and seeking what today's message was going to be about, uh, he, he really hit it on a, a, a faith thing a faith a belief thing and so today's message is entitled believe better because i'm gonna i'm trying to obey i'm trying to be a faithful servant and so um what i want to share uh is just as i've been dealing with this uh series entitled treat you right and dealing with this idea of self-love that flows out of the great commandment to love your neighbor as yourself and so if i had to reframe it myself it would be love the lord your god love yourself and love your neighbor as yourself just so we could have a clear understanding of the importance of having a healthy sense of self-love a healthy sense of self-love not a worldly sense of self-love but a healthy sense of self-love and in digging and exploring this concept i recognize that we really have some issues when it comes to self-love if we're honest we can recognize and 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 admit that we don't always love ourselves amen do i have anybody willing to admit in the comments or wherever you are that we don't always love ourselves we're not always functioning in the best interest with the heart of sensitivity and affection toward ourselves and beyond that i think it's fair to say that if we're honest we don't always like ourselves and so these things, they impact uh, the way that we treat ourselves, the way that we think about ourselves, the way that we internalize things about our personality, our body, our health, um, our routines, our career, our relationships. It's all colored by what's going on in here and in here. And so if we're honest, we, we're wrestling when it comes to the idea of loving ourselves. And so we wrestle with the way that we love others and we wrestle with the way that we love the Lord, you know. Some of us try to overcome. Some of us have recognized and there's this huge self-care movement almost that you see uh, through your social media and you see people focusing on manicures and pedicures and vacations and and your mental health and all these things that are absolutely wonderful. Uh, and, and, and so what I notice is there are absolutely times where what we're trying to do is treat ourselves. And so we treat ourselves to something like you deserve it. You worked hard. Treat yourself to whatever treat yourself to someone treat yourself to a vacation treat yourself to whatever you know whatever thing that you want to buy treat yourself but there's a difference between treating yourself and then treating yourself right and, and that is all based in the root of your motives not the motive itself but the root of your motives if you notice i really hit hard uh because i think it's important uh and i think that the reading the bible bears this out that it can your your motives can sound really good uh to everybody else but if you take and you pull and you tug on that uh motive you tug on that hard enough and you get to the root of why you want what you want or why you want to do what you want to do that the root of it is something unholy the root of it is something selfish the root of it is something in deficit or lack the root of it is not jesus the root of it is not love of god and if the root of it is not connected to our love for the lord our god then it's not a healthy holy uh self-love it's not a healthy holy practice of self-love and, and 
I'm not saying you're always consciously focused in the holy. I mean, come on. Let's be like we live in these bodies. We get tired. We get hungry. We get irritated. I understand all of that. But what I'm saying is the things that you truly desire and you map out and you, you put energy and time towards, uh, when you think about the why for them, it should be something that relates to and connects back to who God is to you. I, I love this. I do this. I treat my children like this because I want to honor that God has entrusted them to me. I, I tithe and offer. I give this because I want to be shown. I want God to see me as faithful, as a faithful steward of the money that he's given me. Or I, I do my best when I go to work and I try to honor and be patient with these people because I'm trying to honor God with my work. You know, the very first conflict I had when I became a dean of students at Terry Parker High School was with one of my co-workers, not one of the kids, because, I mean, teenagers are teenagers. They're always going to be teenagers. Um, and so that means they're going to do some smart and wonderful stuff and they're going to do some dumb stuff. And so I accept that because I've been working with teenagers literally since I was a teenager. And that's been more than 20 years. So uh, one of the first conflicts I had was handling a issue with a uh, student and a staff member had a problem with it. They didn't think I was harsh enough or whatever. And, she, you know, she was, you know, uh she just wasn't quiet about it and so at some point uh because she had this beef with me i was just like let's just sit down and talk this out uh, because one thing that i wanted to do was i wanted to uh handle issues i don't want to uh, have these underlying things these unspoken things and all this room for passive aggressiveness i want to talk about it and so i sit down and i talk with her and i'm just like look you are clearly offended by the way that i dealt with this i am sorry I'm sorry, because when I come here, I'm not looking to to undermine any of my staff members. I'm not coming here to, uh, you know, create any kind of division. What I'm trying to do is honor God, my family and myself. That is what I'm trying to do when I come here. And you know what? <laughs> like after like after this conversation and this is she's not a believer, as far as I know, never responded in faith, never um, spoke anything about faith. But once I had that conversation with her, she it, it, it wasn't like, you know, flowers and all, it didn't melt away. But what happened was uh, there was never a true beef with me. She may have been annoyed at the way I did stuff, but she she never I never had any more passive aggressiveness. She never demonstrated. That. In fact, we were able to have a regular, you know, friendly co-worker, co-labor relationship. We were able to laugh at things and talk about things, talk about life and passing. It was it. But it was all rooted. And the reason I flow the way I flow, it was all rooted in my I love God. And he's put me with these people and I'm here to serve these kids and work with. like So, God, I got to honor this. That's my motive. And so when my motives are right and righteous like that, I can't be stopped. I can't be defeated because God is on my side and I'm on his side, which is more powerful. And that is not that's not the focus of the message. But I want us to understand that when you to in order to treat yourself truly right and righteously, when you're dealing with your own thought processes and your motives, um, your motives have to be rooted back to your faith in God. And it's got to be biblical faith. What, what do I mean by biblical faith? It needs to be based on the whole revelation of the text, 
not what you got from a devotional because like a devotional is like one verse and then somebody else's interpretation of it and it's one verse that could be taken out of context there's so many verses that are taken out of context a prime example is i can do all things through christ who strengthens me that is one of the most misunderstood texts there is because what it really means is that it's not that this license that you could just do all things because christ is with you no it's not superhero scripture it is that with if you go back and read the previous verses you recognize that paul is saying yeah i've been broke and i've been i've been well off i've been hungry and i've been well fed and i can do all this i can be up and i can be down through christ who strengthens me you understand what i'm saying and so i want to make sure that we understand uh how to root our motives based on the revelation of scripture uh and so our motives you know judge our motives guide us our motives like why our why um they come from our thoughts they come from what we're thinking about different situations though what we're thinking about a different different situations comes based on what we believe and what we believe is based on what we're hoping for and we've talked about hope for a few weeks now and we know that hope is a building block of faith right hope is a building block of faith uh and hope is not just a building block of faith um well, hope is a building block of faith. Sorry, hope is a building block of faith. Faith is a type of belief, okay? It is a type of belief. It is not the only type of belief. There are different types of beliefs. In fact, I have four types of belief that I want to share with you real quickly, and they are as follows. The first type of belief is functional. Functional belief, y'all, it's just based in natural normal routines and processes i don't need any kind of supernatural faith to believe that the sun is coming up tomorrow because the sun typically just comes up it's functional now one day the sun may not come up and that that would not be natural that'd be supernatural so there is a functional level of belief if i talk to the weather you know thing on my you know on my smart home or whatever device and it tells me the sunset is going to be at this time 6 39 p.m i just believe that it's a functional belief. It's based in, you know, it's based in the way things are, the way things have been studied. It's just functional. Normal routines, processes. I believe the school day at Terry Parker High School starts at 7.15 a.m. I believe that. Why? Wow, it's functional. It's just, it's revealed knowledge, and I believe that, okay? So, functional belief. The next type of belief that I want to touch on, and I'm not saying these are all the types of belief, but this is just um, what I, as I studied and prepared, is relevant here. There's functional belief, and then there's fleshly belief. It's based in my natural, you know, it's based in the natural, it's based in my senses, and connected to the satisfying of those senses. So, fleshly, I believe something feels good, right? It's like you can rub on a fabric and be like, oh, this feels good. Well, that is a belief. I believe based on what my sense, like something tastes good. Um, you know, cheeseburger tastes good. Apple pie tastes good. Apple pie with ice cream tastes better. Um, apple pie with ice cream with some of that carob, you know, it, I could escalate. But it's taste, touch. Hold on. I, I tried, I messed up on, I was about to say taste. That's not right. Taste, touch smell <laughs> hearing and sight there you go um it's it's a sensual type of belief i believe she looked good to me yeah yeah 
Yeah, she looked good to me, right? Aaron, <laughs> yeah, girl, you look good to me. Wherever you are right now, you could be sitting down. As I'm saying this, you could be on a computer, like in the live chat, and I'm probably just looking at you. Like, yeah, girl, you look good. You know, I believe you are attractive. It's it's a fleshly thing. It's based on what I see and what I like. It's, it's a fleshly level of belief. All right, fleshly. The next one, we're starting to get into some supernatural. Like the first two, functional and fleshly, natural. The next one and the next two actually go into the supernatural because they go beyond what is seen. Okay? Y'all with me? Say amen. Y'all with me? Say yeah. All right? Um, or type it, of course. You can type it. Uh, the next type of belief is fearful. It's supernatural. Um, it deals with expectations. Uh, but it's expectations based on doubt. It's expectations based on doubt. Fearful belief is an expectation based on a doubt, a lack of confidence, not having confidence, but a lack of confidence in the things that you desire. It's a substance of things that you doubt. Like fearful belief is the substance of what you doubt. Like I doubt I can lose the weight, so I'm afraid that I'll always be overweight. I doubt that we'll be able to work it out, and so I fear that we'll lose the relationship. I doubt that I can measure up in the job, so I fear getting criticized or fired. Uh, there is a fearful belief that is rooted in a lack of confidence in the things you desire and actually rooted in um, a powerful confidence in the things you do not desire <laughs> say confidence in the things that you do not desire so it's lacking confidence in the things that you do desire and actually the substance of the things that you doubt okay that's what fearful belief and it's supernatural and it manifests in several ways um that i've already mentioned so i'm not going to keep going into that but the next thing is faithful belief faithful belief faith faith the substance of things what hoped for the the, the the substance of the things that you desire and expect uh, the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and so faith is supernatural it's pistis in the greek faith is supernatural it's an expectation based on your hopes and we've been talking about that for weeks now what you expect what your it's not it's not just an expectation of it it's a confidence that that thing is going to happen like i have faith that we're going to raise the remainder of the money and that we're going to get into 5919 Merrill Road and it is going to be a powerful spiritual testimony. It's going to be a powerful spiritual experience. When we have church, when we have church the first time at 5919 Merrill Road, demons will be trembling. People will be delivered. People are going to know Christ in a whole new way. When we finally step into that building, I believe it. It's my faith. Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get an amen? It is my faith and it's faithful. Okay. And so we have to, as we're dealing with functional, fleshly, fearful, and faithful belief, we have to understand. Um, and, and honestly, we got to own where we have given in. Where we've given in meaning we have given in and, and aren't functioning or flowing from a faith perspective. We're functioning from a functional perspective and we stop there. We're functioning from a fleshly perspective and we stop there, letting our flesh rule us. We function from a fearful perspective and we let fool uh, rule us. And so 
we 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 have all of these different scenarios and circumstances where we've given in short of faith we haven't rested in faith and so there's this wrestle it's like i hope for something or i want you you desire to desire you desire to have an expectation you desire to have confidence but you can't even muster to the point where you could call it real hope uh, a supernatural hope and then yet alone faith because you're wrestling with what you do believe you have based your beliefs in what's functional and what the systems say and do and just how they work it is fleshly you've based your belief in what you can taste touch and see and observe yourself it is fearful you've based your belief in things that you are you don't want to happen and and you've got such a stronghold of of negative past experiences that it has tainted the way that you view what you have yet to experience I know we all wrestle with these. Can we get a yeah? Can I get an amen for all of us that struggle and wrestle with just, you know, getting caught up in the functional or wrestling with the fleshly? Amen. Or dealing with fear. Can I get just somebody to be honest and say, yes, I wrestle with all of these, but I want to have faith. Yes, Lord. Uh, the. There's an interaction between Jesus and a father who who wants his son delivered. And and he, you know, asked Jesus, you know, if you can, please do something to help my son. And Jesus responds, if I can, anything is possible for him who believes. And he's talking about belief in Christ, a supernatural faith filled belief. And so the man's response is, I do believe Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome the fact that my belief is based in these other things and help me believe in you, Jesus. Amen. That is what we need. That's where we need to go with this thing. And so, yes, Lord. As I was preparing for this uh, series weeks and weeks ago, I posed a question in our Facebook group. By the way, this is an invite. If you're on Facebook and you're active on Facebook, I invite you to join the Higher Definition Church Facebook campus. You can look it up, Higher Definition Church. There's a Facebook group. You can you can ask to join or you can ask one of us to add you to the group uh, so you can get more information about what we do. There's some stuff, you know, whenever we're doing service and, you know, we're trying to bless the community where I, I don't really, you know, like to post it heavy on um, our social media but I do like to post it in the group so you all can see some of the stuff we're trying to do and some of the stuff that you all inspire um, and sometimes we will use our social media but the point is join the group uh, it's open invitation for anybody that's watching or listening higher definition church Facebook campus feel free but I asked the question weeks ago you know what are some areas where you have trouble showing yourself love or loving yourself and so we we got into some confession and what you know, the conf confession is good for the soul, and it can help us get to a point where we can um, we can deal with and honestly uh, wrestle with 
um, the demon, the stronghold, the spiritual influence has got us stuck where we are. For example, um, one of the things that someone said, and I'm not going to call y'all's names, but one thing somebody said is like, when it comes to loving myself, I wrestle with bad eating habits. And, and we know in the minority communities and black communities that diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease are all a reflection, like they're, they're heavy in our communities, passed down generation to generation, along with really some, some really bad uh, dietary uh, choices in the form of soul food, right? Um, the Boondocks, you know, said it really well where, you know, uh, Huey, um, played by Regina King, was voicing, you know, concern, or, you know, or, t or telling the story of soul food and talking about how um, they, uh, you know, had to go and, you know, Big Mama died and then they went right back to the table eating the food to kill Big Mama, right? All the soul food, all the grease that led to the diabetes and amputations and death and, you know, obesity and all that. And so it's like we have a, a wrestle in our communities. Right. And, and so if we're not careful, uh, we can become slaves to our fleshly desire for something. One of the reasons I'm not in the best shape of my life is because I can I wrestle with my fleshly desire for, uh, you know, fast foods and and sweets, sugar, baked, baked stuff. Like if you've heard, you, you know, you've heard me, you, you know, any length of time, then you probably know I, I have a, a serious sweet tooth. And so cakes and pies and cobbler and all that. And then, you know, fried whatever, not really fried, but, you know, just like French fries and French fries from everywhere. Like I like the burger fry French fries and I'll even take McDonald's French fries. But, you know, the Buffalo Ted's Buffalo. Anyway, you know, all of these fries, grease, oil, all that stuff we eat and we consume. And it's fleshly belief like I like it. So I believe I'm going to get it. My belief system is like I need to satisfy my flesh in order to feel better. Right. And that plays in a whole lot of areas. But this person was speaking specifically about these bad eating habits. And there's got to be something supernatural to break the chains of our natural belief systems. And so that's one thing. Uh, accepting who you are in relationship to others was another one. And, and we have to wrestle with this in two ways. One, um, there is a there is a, a way where, you know, as a believer, there's some things about you uh, that people won't accept, period, because you're a believer. If you're a public believer, um, you know, some of y'all hide your Christianity. And so you don't really ever come to odds with people. And, and that's not a good thing. Honestly, we, we should be known for our difference uh, and it should be a good you know, something that is, you know, we are peculiar people, the Bible teaches, people of God are. But the point is, uh, you know, when we're having struggles in our relationship, relating to others or relationships with others, uh, some of us, uh, we give in to fear, uh, fear of what other people may say, may think, fear of losing out. So we cut it off first. And so we we struggle with who we are first and like identifying comfortably and confidently in who we've been made to be. And because of our insecurity and our fear, it then impacts the way we deal with and relate with others. And, and uh, it, it just magnifies problems upon problems. You know, in some ways, we may end up distant from others. In some ways, we may distance ourselves from them. And so there, there is that, you know, the next one is accepting who you are in relation to your struggles, recognizing that you're not your past. You are not defined by your weaknesses. In fact, the Lord teaches through the Apostle Paul that um, our, 
his he, his strength is perfected in our weakness. Paul was saying, I got this thorn in my flesh and I pleaded with the Lord to remove it three times. And God's response was, my grace is sufficient. That's a word for somebody right now. You are struggling and you want God to take away the struggle. And what he's saying is his grace is sufficient. His unmerited favor, his willingness to give to you what you don't even deserve is enough for you to maintain and thrive even when and even if he has not taken the burden away from you. Even if he doesn't take you out of the struggle, even if he doesn't deliver you to the place where you want to go, accepting who we are in relation to our struggles can tap into our fear. It can tap into our fleshly uh, issues. It can tap into all of those Um, establishing healthy relational boundaries. It kind of goes back into accepting who you are in relation to others. Um, Some of us cut off people too quickly. Some of us don't cut off people quickly enough. Some people um, you give inner circle access, but really they just should should be part of the crowd. In fact, it's like there's even in church, there's like circles, you know, circles of of connection. It's like you got your community, you got your congregation, excuse me, you got your community, then you got your crowd, then you got your congregation, then you got your committed people, and then you have your core. That's just church sees circles. This is uh, from um, Pastor uh, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Church. Um, it kind of classifies it like that. You got that same thing in your life. You got the just the people that you don't even know. You got the, you know, and, and it goes, goes down to you got the core, right? And so only certain people should be allowed in your core. And for some of us, what happens is we don't let the people into our core that need to be in our core. And we let the people in to our core that don't need to be in our core. I got to keep moving because I'm running out of time um, on my watching my time thing here. So, uh, so it's you know it goes on. Somebody, multiple people talked about stress and anxiety and mental wellness, and I talked about what lies we accept and get rooted in, and then they begin to build strength based on fear, uh, based on something that hasn't manifested or manifested in our past. And now it colors the way we view our future. And and finally, uh, there was this self-condemnation, which is also a lie, failing to forgive yourself, failing to forgive yourself for what was past. And so what I want to make sure that we understand is that we can be refreshed. Amen. We can be released. Amen. To believe better. And in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul actually has outlined the elements of a better belief. And so let me get into that. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 11, okay? Uh, and I have about six, maybe seven, eight points that I want to illustrate here. Uh, I'm not going to have time to go into detail in them because, uh, again, as I, I've stated many times, for this online only experience, I try to keep the whole thing, worship and word, to one hour. When we go live again, that will not be the experience. Um, but when we go live as in in the flesh, again, that won't be the experience. But for now, I want to make sure that we try our best to stay within that one hour time frame. So Paul has outlined here um, the elements of a better belief. I'm going to read the verse and then I'm going to share the element. I couldn't come up with any clever all A's or whatever. So you're just going to have to take notes if you want to take notes. So the first verse that we're going to is 11. It says, since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. Uh, We try to persuade persuade others. What we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. He's talking to 
um, the people of the Corinthian church, of course. But the first point of a better belief or the first element of a better belief is that you fear the Lord and you focus on others. You fear the Lord and you focus on others. We know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. We're not focused on our own worries as much. We're focused on loving the Lord and honoring the Lord and focused on others, trying to live a life and speak the words that would persuade others to also fear and honor this same Lord that we do. That's an element of a better belief. It's supernatural. It's a faith-filled perspective, believing in the Lord and believing in the value of communicating him through the way we do and the way we say to others. The next element of a better belief, number uh, uh, the second one, uh, verse 12, we are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. The second is give esteem to the unseen. We got people competing, especially with social media. Comparison is a thief of joy. And what happens is we get caught up in comparing what, you know, somebody else's uh, life, somebody else's showcase, whatever they put on social media versus what we are truly experiencing. And, and we need to get to the point where we are not focused on what we see because it's what we see is only part of the story. We need to give esteem and uplift the unseen the unseen and we got to understand that everyone is going through unseen struggles and so the jealousy and envy you may feel the inadequacy you may you may feel is based in is based in a lie because what you what people broadcast in front of you is not what they're really experiencing you have no reason to envy someone else's you know successes because you don't know what they have going on behind the scenes and you also don't know what it took for them to get there all right give esteem to the unseen next verse is 13 if we are out of our mind as some say it is for god if we are in our right mind it is for you so you know i it's like i could care less how we look you know if we're if we look crazy it's for the lord if we look like we're saying it's it's for your good anyway you know and, and so what i want to what i want us to do and what is a, a better an element of a better belief uh, a faith-filled belief is to care less about how you look. Yeah, we give an esteem to the unseen as we look around, but we need to care less about how we look or how we appear to others because it's really hard to be a faith-filled Christian when you are very concerned about what other people are doing or saying in response to your being and walking as a faith-filled Christian. You got to care less about how you look. Amen? Care less about how you look. Verse 14 for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And so an element of a better belief is that you are compelled and convinced by love. You're compelled and convinced by love, not fear, not doubt, not your flesh, not your desire, not your lust, not your greed. You are compelled and convinced by love, the love of God. Moving on to verse 15. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And so continuing that same thought, I'm compelled and convinced by love. And it's such a powerful love that when I think about myself and my life, it's not the question of what do I want, because that could be motivated by my flesh or my fears. It is what does God want? Because I know what God wants for my life is based on love. And if I can trust that, then it's a 
element of a better belief. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. We don't look at things the way that we we don't look at things with worldly eyes, just like they no longer looked at Jesus Christ from a worldly perspective. They looked at him as the Messiah from a risen perspective, a supernatural perspective. And so the challenge and the, the way to get a better belief, the element of a better belief is that you see through spiritual eyes. When you look at a situation, when you look at a person, when you look at people, what you do is you're seeing them. And even when you look at yourself, you're seeing the situations through spiritual eyes. You're not looking at them just through what is evident. Remember, people aren't our enemies. It's the spirit powers and principalities that are at work in this world and its systems. We have to look and see through to the spiritual and make sure that we're fighting spiritual warfare not fighting battles against individuals who are just being manipulated and used by those spiritual powers and principalities um, verse 17 verse 17 one of the more famous verses um, in the bible therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come the old is gone the new is here the old is gone the new is here and so an element of a better belief, a way to get yourself more faith filled, whether you're consumed with fear about how you relate to others or how they view you or whether you're going to be able to get to a certain health or a certain weight level or whether you are a certain kind of attractive or a certain kind of whatever. Or whether you're going to a fear of whether or not you're going to achieve a certain goal or whatever, what you have to do to really rest in and embrace a better belief a faith-filled belief is fully reject your old and fully embrace your new recognize that in christ you are a new creation creation one of the best tricks the devil has played on us uh and the, that our flesh plays on us is that is to make us believe and think that we are the same person after salvation than we were before salvation let me tell you something before salvation you were separated from god before salvation you did not have a holy spirit living inside you now that you are saved you have been born again you've got a birth certificate that has a day that you were physically born but when you receive christ as your lord and savior you became brand new say yes you are a new creature a new creation a child of the living God adopted to sonship or as a daughter and, and co-equal with Christ, the firstborn of the new man. That is you. That is me. As we believe, we are now new creations. And so sometimes the old you may want to creep up, but you got to remember that's a that's a remnant. That's a memory. That's a shadow. That's a flash. That's not who you are. That addiction that you had is not who you are. That temper that you had is not who you are. That person that you were is not who you are. God made you brand new. That's why we get baptized to symbolize the death of the old person and the birth of the new person. God made you brand new. Embrace your new nature, your new identity, your new classification as a child of God. Last verses. Verse 18 and 19. 
All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. What am I what am I trying to say here? An element of a better belief is to understand that you are reconciled to reconcile that God has accepted you to be an example to the world of God's acceptance of people. You are again, this goes back to the last the last statement. You are not the sum of your previous sins. You're not the sum of your current sins. Christ died for them all. Accept forgiveness. Confess. Confess daily. We sin daily. Confess. Put it back on the cross, not on you. Don't let it weigh you down. Put it back where it belongs. It died with Christ. It was sacrificed for with Christ. It was paid for by Christ. It is not your burden to bear, your burden to carry. There's no reason to own it, to honor it. There's no reason to stick with it. There's no reason to claim that it's a shackle on you. You let it go. Let it go. Recognize that you've been reconciled. He's accepted you and he's not holding your sins against you. So walk with freedom, free to confess, free to leave those anxieties and those issues and those fears at the altar and free to pick up fresh anointing from the Lord. Closing out, y'all. I just want you to know God saved you and makes an appeal to the world through you believe better don't believe the lies from the world don't believe the lies from the people don't believe the lies from your mind believe the truth believe the truth of your virtue that you were purified from your sins through the sacrifice of Christ believe in your valor that you are emboldened in your situations and your challenges to be a representative of of Christ and his victory over sin in the world. Believe the truth of your value, that you were created in significance. You are important. You are great and powerful in who God has made you to be. You were anointed for a purpose and a path. God don't make no junk. God made you, remade you when he saved you. And has now elevated and commissioned you in significance. My hope, my goal, my faith is that you will love yourself by resetting your hopes and taking ownership of a better belief. Take ownership of your faith. Can we take a second to just praise God in your house? Can you say a hallelujah? Can you say a amen? Can you say, yes, Lord? Can you say, yes, Lord? Can you say, I'm free? I'm free by faith. In fact, if you go back up to like verse eight says, we live by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And so it's my hope and my prayer that we be delivered from the peril, not the peril, and we're not gonna be delivered from the peril. We be delivered into the promise of a faith-filled life and not stuck in the rut of a flesh 
fulfilled of a fleshly a flesh belief life or a fear belief life but that we are walking in and resting in a faith-filled life let's pray for those of you that today want to rededicate yourself for those of you that today want to commit your life to Christ the Savior this is our prayer Lord forgive us we have sinned we have walked far from you we have accepted lies and we have allowed them to change who we are and keep us from you Lord today that ends we believe you today we trust you today as Lord God and Savior we trust Jesus Christ died for our sins paid the penalty for them and died the death that we deserved we believe that same Christ rose from the grave with all power and sent Holy Spirit to live inside those of us that believe Lord we pray today receive us and send Holy Spirit a fresh wind a fresh breath a fresh anointing living on the inside of us empowered that we may hear him and that we may walk in your grace I pray that as we deal with the functional we wrestle with the fleshly and we struggle with fear that Lord we would overcome all by faith by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony we know that we shall overcome we glorify you right now I pray that this has been transformational and that there will be testimonies of your great work in us with us and through us in Jesus name Amen <laughs>